0: A lot of the time, uh, the Christian life seems to be lived between the absolute confidence in God and the uncertainty of the world. And as we live between those two things, that is a tough space to live in. You know, what do we do when things are so uncertain and when it's hard to trust God? It's, it's easy to trust God when things are going well, but what about when they're not going well? How, how do we remind ourselves that God is still in control and He's still watching over us? Or to use the Bible's own language, how do we live by faith and not by sight? You know, often we look around us and things look pretty bleak. Our lives haven't turned out the way that we expected our goals still seem far off, and God feels distant and uninterested in our lives. How do we learn to live by faith and not by sight, not, not just by what we can see going on in the world around us? That's the question that Hannah's prayer raises for us this morning. And this morning, we're starting our Advent series in the lead up to Christmas, and we're thinking about Jesus the King. The king that was born as a baby in a manger and now rules the world. And as Hannah teaches us to live by faith and not by sight, she's also going to point us to King Jesus. So let's get into it. And as Hannah prays this prayer, it seems that life is going pretty well for her. You know, she's been uh, struggling for many years to get pregnant, but now she's given birth to Samuel, and he's old enough now to go and serve with Eli the priest at the temple. And so this is her prayer as she sends her son off to the boarding school at the temple. But while Hannah's prayer for a child has come true, there's a much bigger problem that lurks throughout the nation of Israel. See, Hannah's barrenness is an illustration of the spiritual barrenness of the people of Israel. This is a nation that has rejected God's rule, as the, book of, as the book of Judges summarizes for us. It says, In those days Israel had no king, everyone did as they saw fit. Israel, of course, does have a king. It's God. But they've rejected his rule and, are so, and, and, and so are doing whatever they want to do. And that includes not just the people, but also the leaders of Israel. The priests are just as corrupt as everyone else. And this is the world that Hannah is living in. And as she is faced with the spiritual depravity of her nation and of her people, how is she going to remind herself to put her faith in God and not in what she sees. Well, here's three steps that Hannah takes in this prayer, and we can model our prayers and our actions based off what she does. As we seek to live by faith, the place to begin is not with ourselves, but with God. And so Hannah begins her prayer by focusing on God. My heart rejoices in the Lord in the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. Notice that she's reminding herself that her joy doesn't come from external factors, but from the Lord. You know, it's easy to find joy in the presents that are coming your way at Christmas. To, to get that thrill that comes from brown paper packages tied up with string, But those should not be some of our favourite things. Our joy should come from the Lord. Because when our joy is from Him, that is a joy that we can never lose. But when we place our joy in something else, we will always find that it won't last and we'll always need a top-up. That's the problem with putting our joy in the things of this world. It is because the, the joy that we get there is only ever temporary and it's dependent on what we get or don't get or can do or can't do. But when we find our joy in the Lord, in our deliverance, our salvation, that's something that we can always know and we can always find even in the darkest moments. Because it's not dependent on the external situation, but rather it's founded on the immutability of who God is. And the salvation that he has accomplished for us in Jesus. It's because of what God has done for us in Christ that we can say along with Hannah, in the Lord my horn, my strength is lifted up. God is the one who lifts us up, giving us strength and hope and joy when everything around us is crumbling. Hannah speaks there of the personal deliverance of God as he has rescued her from her problems. She says, My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. Her problems, though, are just a representation of Israel's wider problems. And so now her victory is also the, the representation of the victory that is going to come to Israel. You know, Hannah doesn't know exactly what God will do but she looks with the eyes of faith. And it continues to remind herself of what God is like there in verses 2 and 3. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly, or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. And there is nothing in this world that compares to God. And so he should be our rock. He should be the one that we put our hope and security in. When we're faced with the shifting shadows of this world, he's the one that we cling to. And we just sung that, the rock of ages in whom we hide. And as we remind ourselves of what God is like, that should filter down into the way that we speak and act. If our joy and security comes from God, then arrogance and pride are ruled out of play. We can't boast in our own strength, in our own abilities or in our own actions because our security rests on God. And so we're to live by faith and trust in Him, not in our own strength, not in what we can do and not in what we can accomplish. And so step one, we remind ourselves of what God is like. In verses 4 to 8, Hannah reminds herself of what God has done. And specifically, she reminds herself that God is into big reversals. The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who are full hire themselves out for food, but those who are hungry are hungry no more. She who, has ba- she who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive, he brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth, he humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honour. Notice that God can change and reverse the situations of anyone He chooses. And many of these things have happened throughout the story of Israel. And Hannah's personal story is just another example of God reversing the circumstances of His people. But this isn't just a prayer for herself, it's also a prayer for her nation. As I said, her situation is a microcosm of the bigger problems that Israel has. And so she reminds herself of what God has done and her prayer becomes a plea for God to do that again. She's asking God to reverse the spiritual problems of her nation. And that reversal begins to happen throughout the books of Samuel. But it doesn't, and it begins... Uh, but it doesn't begin with the leaders of Israel. Instead, it begins here with Hannah. A nobody from a nothing town, he gives birth to someone who crowns kings and deposes them. Her son Samuel is the king maker and the king breaker. And so Hannah prays for God to once again do what he's done before to rescue his people from their physical enemies and their spiritual problems. And she's confident that God will do that because that is what God always does. God never forgets about his people. No matter how dark things get, we need to remind ourselves of what God has done and will therefore do again. God is into, the, into reversing the circumstances and problems of this world. And so our prayer becomes Hannah's prayer that God's heavenly rule would come and overthrow the rulers of this world. God has done it in the past and he will do it again. And so we speak to ourselves of what God has done, reminding ourselves that God is into reversing and undoing the problems of this world. But as Hannah looks back, She also looks forward to what God will do. And she knows that God won't let the problems of this world continue, but it's going to be God that fixes it. We can't do anything about it. Only God can fix the problems of this world. And so Hannah says, "'For the foundations of the earth are the lords. On them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants.'" But the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. Hannah acknowledges that it's only God who has done the work of changing her situation and circumstances. And that's going to be true for her at a personal level, but at a world level as well. So, if you've noticed, but the whole prayer has moved from the personal to the national, and now it's moving to the universal. Hannah's not just talking about her own problems or the problems of her nation. She's talking about the whole world, the whole earth. Our own strength and power isn't going to make things better. Only God can do that. And he's going to do that through his chosen king. Look at the second half of verse 9 and 10. It is not by strength that one prevails... Those who oppose the Lord will be broken, the Most High will thunder from heaven, the Lord will judge the ends of the earth, He will give strength to His King and exalt the horn of His anointed. So, the story of Samuel is the story of God establishing His rule through His chosen King. But what God does for Israel is just a snapshot of what God is doing and has done for the whole world. See, God has not just established a king over Israel. He's appointed a king for the whole earth. And God's plans and purposes for the world are bound up together with God's king. God is ruling his world through his chosen king. And the promise of a king has, uh, for God's people has always been there. And Hannah is drawing on all of her understanding of God, how he works and how he acts, his promises, and she pulls it all together with this wonderful clarity and confidence in God and his rule through his chosen king. in contrast to her nation, which has God's rule, she decides to commit herself to God's rule and to the king that God will establish. But little does she know that it's her son, Who will give Israel its first two kings? And so Hannah's song makes us ask Who is the Lord's anointed king? And within the context of the books of Samuel, that question finds its partial fulfillment in King David. David is God's chosen king, and he looks good and he does all the right things that God's king should do. But his rule is not universal. And he's good at times, but not great. But then, many, many years later, Mary will sing an almost identical song about her son Jesus. And so God uses Mary, another woman that nobody knows from a nothing town, to bring about his rule through his king and where hannah's song makes where sorry where hannah's son makes and breaks kings mary's son is the king the lord god gives to jesus the throne of his father david and his kingdom will never end so god reversed the problems of israel through king david but that was only ever partial and it was only ever a shadow of the true King Jesus. And so it is finally in Jesus that the spiritual problems of our world are finally dealt with. It's through Jesus that God has established his rule and reversed the problem of our rebellion against God. You know, that little baby born to inherit David's throne ends up with a crown of thorns. And his first throne is a cross. God's exalted king is made low because of us. God's king entered our world to fix our problem of our sin. And so Jesus dies in our place. But then God does what he always does. And he reverses the circumstances. And so God makes alive what was once dead... And so Jesus is raised to life and continues to rule this world. Jesus is God's chosen king who rules the world and will one day return to bring judgment to the ends of the earth. And so, do we see what Hannah sees? Do we see with the eyes of faith? Do we see King Jesus? You know, we're not to trust what is happening in the world around us, but instead we're to trust in what God is like, what God has done in the past and what God will do in the future. We're to look to King Jesus. Yeah, at Christmas, it's easy to get caught up in all the trimmings and the trappings, but what we're really meant to see is Jesus the King. And if we can see him With the eyes of faith, with the kind of faith that is trusting in his rule, then that's going to change our attitude towards a bunch of things. It's going to change our attitude towards the various forms of human power. It's going to change whether we view wealth as a means of security. It's going to change what we're afraid of. Whether we're afraid of being weak or poor. It's going to change where we find our happiness. And it's going to change where we get our value and worth. And so Christmas is where we celebrate the coming of God's King. An event that Hannah only saw from a distance, but that we get to see the fulfillment and the reality of. But like Hannah, we still need the eyes of faith. You know, especially at Christmas, it can be easy to lose sight of God's King uh, and, and when we do that, it can be a struggle to trust in God and trust Him when things are tough and when the world is not as it should be. And so let's, let, let's make this Christmas the moment where we remind ourselves of God's King, that Jesus is ruling and reigning. Let's remind ourselves of what God has done, is doing, and will do. Jesus is the King who came to reverse the problems of sin and evil and death. He is the King who will bring justice and judgment for the whole world. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for Hannah's prayer that points us to him. Father, would we this Christmas remind ourselves of the great King, this Saviour King, who came to save us and who now rules and reigns and will one day come again to bring justice and judgment. Please keep that in the forefront of our minds, we pray. Amen.